Listener Production. A massive development on the AI front. Elon Musk and other major tech leaders calling for a pause. Musk and hundreds of influential names, including Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, are calling for a pause in experiments, saying AI poses a dramatic risk to society. I think we need to regulate AI safety, frankly, because it is, I think, actually a bigger risk to society than cars or planes or, or medicine. That's the unmistakable voice of Elon Musk. And when he, one of the world's most famous tech innovators, signed that letter calling for a pause on the GPT technology, the world took notice. So this new form of AI technology only came onto most people's radar last year with the launch of ChatGPT, the text generation service. So what are Elon Musk and all the other high-profile signatories to this letter worried about? What actually is GPT? And is it realistic to pause its development? That is our briefing. First, today's headlines with Antoinette Latouf. It is Wednesday, the 5th of April. Donald Trump has just left court after pleading not guilty to 34 charges relating to falsifying business documents. So the 34 charges are in relation to hush money paid to porn star Stormy Daniels. He's charged with falsifying documents in the first degree as part of an effort to bury negative stories in the lead up to the 2016 election. And Trump is the first ex-president to face criminal charges in US history. Yeah, so this story is unfolding as we record. He's driving from the courthouse in a motorcade uh, to the airport where he's going to fly to Florida. It's expected he will give a press conference there. He didn't say anything to the media on the way in or out of the courtroom in New York. There were no major incidents of violence outside the court, which is Mm. very good news. And anyone with a mortgage is breathing a sigh of relief. The RBA, for the first time in 11 months, did not put up interest rates in their monthly meeting yesterday. So this leaves the cash rate at 3.6%, which is the highest level since 2012. Now, the key paragraph in the statement from yesterday, which is um, how we're reading into what might come in the future, is um, this. It says, the board expects some further tightening of monetary policy may well be needed to ensure inflation returns to its target. The decision to hold rates this month provides the board with more time to assess the state of the economy. So, yeah, we might be at the end of the tightening cycle, Antoinette. So the pause, Tom, was hinted in last month's statement, but nonetheless, super welcome news for heaps of people, given that we have had that 10 consecutive increases until now. Um, and inflation in February was 6.8%, um, lower than the peak of 8.4% in December, but there's still a long way to go to reach that ideal inflation bracket, which should be 2 to 3%. Um, but that statement was, you know, very interesting reading indeed. And it did, of course, also mention the banking crisis that's taken out several US banks and Credit Suisse. NRL star Jared Hayne has been convicted of sexually assaulting a woman in her Newcastle home in 2018. A jury found the former NRL player guilty on two charges in his third trial over these same allegations. The jury was told the defining moment for the woman was when she realised Hayne had a taxi waiting outside which would take him back to Sydney. And the taxi shifted things in her mind and meant she wasn't interested in consensual sexual activity. He now faces a maximum sentence of 14 years behind bars. But Hayne maintains his innocence. I'm going to keep standing for the truth. 
I never lied to police. I never deleted evidence. I never hid witnesses. You do the math. Did I lie? That's factual evidence. So that was Hayne outside the court. He says he intends to appeal the verdict of this third trial. This has been going on for years now. So in the second trial, he was found guilty and then won on appeal. Um, So interesting that he'll be appealing again. And then in the first trial, there was a hung jury. And we know in this most recent trial, the jury took a week to deliberate and then eventually reach this conclusion. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if he does go forward with this appeal. And this is a very interesting story. So the 21-year-old Polish woman who claimed that she was the missing three-year-old Madeleine McCann who went missing back in 2007... The Polish woman is not Madeleine McCann, so DNA results have come back confirming there is no connection. Um, the tests did reveal, though, that this 21-year-old Polish woman had some other very serious health problems and could have leukaemia. Yeah, and last week, um, the woman went on Dr Phil. She went to double down on her claims. And I don't know, I find it a little bit dodgy, Tom. Like, I know the bloke is super popular and I'm sure he's good at some things, like, you know, helping families with bust-ups actually come to the table and talk. But I think it's a little bit dodgy for him to kind of fan these claims. Pretty unfair on the McCann family, especially given there was no, like, investigation or tests or any evidence looked for by the program. It just kind of platformed and gave an even larger audience to these to, to this woman um, claiming that she was Madeline McCann. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd still interview her and just test her claims. And even if even if it was false, I think that's still interesting. You just challenge her and you know find out why someone would actually come forward if it's if it's not really them. And Rupert Murdoch has called off his engagement after just two weeks. So the 92 year old will no longer marry Anne Leslie Smith. She would have been his fifth wife. Um, there's a lot going on for Rupert Murdoch. It's only Less than a year since he finalised his divorce from his fourth wife, Jerry Hall. And we don't know why this engagement's being called off, but Vanity Fair is reporting that he became increasingly uncomfortable with her outspoken evangelical views. Look, I'm just waiting to see if there'll be a column in the Murdoch press saying that people who are successful in the media can't have it all because they have a string of failed relationships like they published just a few weeks ago when they targeted women in the media whose relationships don't stick because Murdoch is arguably the worst offender of them all because he was almost up to marriage number five. All right, Antoinette, we'll catch you again soon in a moment. Our briefing on the concerns around GPT-4. Last week, Elon Musk joined over 1,000 other important innovators and thinkers to sign an open letter titled Pause Giant AI Experiments. So the letter starts with this. We call on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. Then the letter goes on to say that AI systems with human competitive intelligence compose profound risk to society and humanity. We must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? So pretty intense stuff. Let's find out more about it, including the actual technology which has sparked all these fears. GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. 
It's the artificial intelligence generating text that is very convincing. Chloe Sheng is a writer for Vice, and her article last week was titled The Open Letter to Stop Dangerous AI Race is a Huge Mess. Chloe, thanks for joining us. What's the real significance of Elon Musk signing this letter? So I think what got a lot of people's attention was the fact that Elon Musk was actually one of the co-founders of OpenAI, which is the parent company of the GPT series like, you know, GPT-3 and GPT-4 and ChatGPT, etc., Elon Musk has since departed from the company and actually been a very vocal critic of the company, saying that the company's founding principles are now far gone. So the company was founded as a nonprofit and uh, since then has switched to being for profit and made many kind of multi million corporate partnerships, such as with Microsoft. So Elon Musk obviously has concerns about the technology, but also about the company behind. ChatGPT, OpenAI. When did they go different directions? So OpenAI was founded in 2015 and Elon Musk left a few years later citing differences in opinion. And he kind of uh, framed it as, you know, I need to work on Tesla and my other products. But I think since then, especially lately, he's been especially vocal as um, models like GPT-4 have become so successful. I think, you know, he's really trying to push back. Um, something he said, for example, about OpenAI is that it's powered by profit and speed uh, rather than by you know necessarily creating a technology that is focused on its guardrails and safety. So uh, he's kind of upset with the whole turn of the company. Okay. So can you just take it back a step for us and explain what GPT really is? We've all heard of chat GPT, but can you break it down a bit further? GPT is a series of large language models developed by the company OpenAI. And what a large language model is, is this AI system that's trained on, you know, millions of texts, texts scraped from the internet in order to generate responses to any human input. So because it has access and has been trained on so much text, it is able to respond conversationally using natural English to any questions or prompts. And GPT-4 is the latest iteration of this large language model, and it is the most advanced one. So what this means is that it can both generate English, natural English responses, but it also can generate code. Let's say you say, can you generate a code that makes the game Pong? It can do that for you. Uh, So it has a number of pretty advanced language-related capabilities. And why do you think they drew the line at GPT-4? Why is anything beyond that substantially more concerning than GPT-3? It's less so related to the specific iteration itself and more so related to kind of the arms race that has picked up, you know, in the recent months since OpenAI released its chatbot, starting with ChatGPT in November. Things have really picked up since then because I think big tech companies like Google, Microsoft have realized how many people and how useful this tool can be, how many people are using it, um, where it applies. So the arms race has really been expedited, which I think is what's causing a lot of tech leaders and other people to be concerned. And so what are the specific concerns? What damage are they worried it might do even in the short term? People are worried about, you know, the copyright and privacy issues that go into these models, saying that a lot of artists' work had been used without uh, correct copyright permissions. And, 
it has a lot of misinformation, for example. So like okay. GPT doesn't know whether or not its answer is correct. You know, one time I searched up who is Chloe Young and it produced a very believable response about me being a reporter, but completely made up headlines that I wrote, for example. So it, it doesn't do a, a good job of like vetting if something is correct. There's a lot of misinformation. Um, and then there's the issue of bias, um, as I touched upon. So when it comes to these models, they reproduce a lot of human prejudices. And this includes things like racism and sexism. And it, it has yet to be kind of vetted out of these systems. You call for a, a pause. Are they, is there anything that the governments can do? Or are they actually asking this company, OpenAI, to stop what they're doing and potentially, I guess, stop making money? Mm-hmm. And is that realistic? The six-month pause um, is kind of controversial after this open letter was released because, you know, the letter doesn't really detail a lot of concrete steps that people can take. It talks about, you know, the importance of having conversations around these issues, but it doesn't necessarily talk about, you know, what are the regulations, what are the governance and the policies that should be implemented. There's going to have to be a lot more work when it comes to discussions of you know, how we can get this on the legislative level, for example, to be passed, which is, you know, of course, significantly slower than the tech world. Okay. But as you're saying, the government regulations could take a long time. They're notoriously slow moving. Um, I don't imagine they'll be ready within six months. So then really this letter would be calling on open AI to stop their work, right? I think that it's very unrealistic that it would stop its work. And it's also unrealistic that other big tech companies would stop its work. So I think, you know, what a lot of AI researchers are saying is like, these companies should have robust AI ethics and responsibilities teams. Chloe, where does Bill Gates stand on this letter calling for the six month pause? Because Microsoft made a $10 billion investment into ChatGPT. So Bill Gates is not one of the signatories of the open letter. He hasn't really expressed anything related to the open letter, but he has, you know, penned op-eds in the past about how he thinks AI has a great potential and is a similar revolutionary technology, similar to the internet and cellular phones. Um, And he also said that AI has the potential to help a lot of people and, and solve inequities in the world. Okay, so mostly he's been fairly positive about it. Has he ever sounded any of the concerns laid out in this letter? Not that I know of, but you know what's very interesting is that OpenAI CEO Sam Altman has even spoken against and spoken about the limitations of GBT, saying, you know, when GBT4 was released, saying that it, this is very limited. He's always warned people against using the models yet for something with very high impact. He said that these are all in progress. So that's very interesting um, when you see kind of the dichotomy between the people developing it more on the technical side and then people like Microsoft and Google saying like, we have the next best technology, like everybody try this out, try out BARD, try out Bing. Um, So there is that kind of product and marketing discrepancy. Now, the reason you came to our attention was because you wrote an article And the title was, The Open Letter to Stop Dangerous AI Race is a Huge Mess. So why do you think it's a huge mess? It's a huge mess because, one, the letter really focuses on 
the long-term future, kind of employing this perspective called long-termism, which is this controversial worldview that is often taken up by the tech elite, including people like Sam Bankman-Fried and Elon Musk. And they believe that the goal is to collect as as much money right now and use that to build things for the far out future. So this kind of sci-fi future. And I think what a lot of AI researchers were trying to push back against is that this kind of perspective really distracts us from the number of issues that we are facing today, the number of biases, like I mentioned, in those real world examples, none of them which were mentioned, which are very harmful in practice. So like I said before, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of bias. Um, these systems are also easily broken and jailbroken by amateur developers. Uh, so by saying that these systems are autonomous and remarkable, it kind of takes you know responsibility as well away from the developers because people can get distracted and think about these systems as like sentient beings that are on their way to evolving to become to compete against humans, whereas it's, you know, humans are building these systems and humans are the ones responsible for fixing them as well. Right. So you're essentially saying that the fears in the letter are way overblown and looking too far down the track and distracting from the improvements we should be making to these systems in the short term? Yeah, exactly. That was Chloe Shang, a writer for Vice in New York. And listening to that interview and Finding out more about this letter, it just strikes me that there's no way they're going to stop this profit-driven company, OpenAI, from developing what is some of the most lucrative technology in the world right now. Just because a bunch of people have written an open letter expressing all these intense, long-range concerns about AI. I mean, to really stop this or shape this or control this, it would take government regulation And I don't think that's going to work either because it would be so complex that it would take ages to get into place. And by that time, it would be outpaced by this technological development, which is moving so fast. I think what this letter does do, for me at least, is show that we need to watch this new AI technology very closely so that we can be aware of its true impact and be alert to the risks, but also the opportunities. Listener.